Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster who has interviewed over 30 years roughly 1,400 celebrities for nearly all major media outlets in Ireland. What follows as part of what I call my singles podcasts, meaning podcasts that last roughly the same time as a single, as opposed to my longer podcasts, which I see more so as albums, is a clip from an interview I did for the Irish Times in 1993 with Kirsty McCall at the time of the release of her album, Titanic Days. Now, in 2020, as we head towards another Christmas, that tired old controversy has surfaced again about the lyrics of Shane McGowan's fairy tale of New York, specifically two words that might offend in particular younger listeners, at least according to the powers that be in BBC Radio 1. My own point of view is that a piece of art, which most definitely is what the Pogues plus Kirsty McCall's recording of Fairy Tale of New York is, should remain true to and reflect the time in which it was created. But apart from all that, something else is lost in this controversy, and that's the fact that Shane McGowan is arguably one of Ireland's greatest lyricists. By the way, back in 1993, Kirsty and I did discuss, as you'll hear, the fear many fans had that Shane might self-destruct and die. She says he'll probably outlive us all. Maybe he will. If you want to read the full article I wrote based on this interview, check joejacksoninterviewer.com. And the, uh, the other thing is, um, we've talked about kind of purist response to music. The, uh, the Pogues have been criticised for Shane being a rock sensibility. I mean, rockers love it. But again, the kind of Irish traditional element is like, and the Dubliners get it, and a lot of the other bands do, for bringing in rock rhythms. I mean, you thought that mix again was healthy, breaking boundaries, but all they've done together. All... Well, I don't think you can keep... If, if something is a... Is, um, you know, if you've got a valid art form, you can't sort of suspend it in time. Right. And you can't say, oh, well, look, well, you know, we've never... We've never used electricity yet, so we're not going right. to use electricity, <laughs> you know, even though everybody else has been doing it for 200 yeah. years. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's just yeah. kind of... I think it's just unnecessary to be so kind of pedantic about it all. Right. I mean, why not use, you know, good elements of all kinds of things, you know? But it's also made that music, it made that music more relevant to a different generation. I mean, that's yeah. probably one of the most, I've seen it described as a postmodern Christmas song. <laughs> you know, the first postmodern Christmas song. But it's the kind of Christmas song that young people, that's the one they hope to, not, not like Christmas. You know of what course. I mean? So it's become kind of... Well, I think that's also, I think that was in, I don't think it's because it's, I mean, it's not a particularly rock sort of presentation in that song. No, not presentation, but the kind It's very of traditional in a way. I mean, it's all, the, you know, the playing on it is fairly traditional. The, yeah. the instruments are sort of fairly traditional. But instrument, the, and then the orchestra, you know, is a, is a very traditional I sound. Think, yeah, but when I say rock sensibility, I mean the attitude. Yeah, the attitude. The lyric, the, the twist the lyrics, lyrics. Are, yeah. The lyrics are so good. I think that's, I mean, that's why I like it so much is because it, so much, you know, especially at Christmas, you know, a lot of the music is so cloyingly yeah, sentimental yeah, yeah. that it makes you, you know, it's like eating too much cake, you yeah, know, right. it just makes you feel sick. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you know, not again. It's like, I can't handle white Christmas again. And yeah. when you get something that, you know, is much more earthy and um, warts and all, but it's yeah. still it's still very romantic. Post-punk. Post, post yeah, but it's, it's very romantic without being sort of Crying. sickly, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you, did you like Shane as a lyricist? I mean, he's yeah, kind of I think he's brilliant. One of the strongest composers, yeah. Well, he's yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic lyricist. You know, I just I wish he'd look after himself better oh, and yeah. well, you know and be able to sort of um, put his lyrics across better because I think you know he 
he's doing himself better justice. I mean, it's. But he's not it's, putting them across at all now. Well, he, which is, a sadness, he is, is actually. I mean, he's all got right. a new band together and stuff, and I did I, I did a gig with him at Christmas, right. and um, he was in really good form. Was it he? was a better form than I've seen him for a long time, so right. I haven't seen him for a while, but hopefully that, you know. The image is of him is a man going down, drowning, you know, having killed his talent and slowly just. But um, that's been his image for an awfully long time, and I think he'll probably outlive all of us. You know? Do you think so? I hope so. I, I hope he proves it's all wrong. I hope so. But there is this kind of, uh, like when he turned up on Van. Like the, the Brit thing, it's like, will he turn up? Will he be able to perform? Is he going to make a film of himself on television? Which is horrible when you think of that core talent that's there. Yeah, it is. It's a, t- it's a great waste, really. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. And I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. The print interview, as I said, is available at joejacksoninterviewer.com.